This episode of Stuck in the East has been brought to you by I am the monarch of the sea. The 80s Cruise. Find out more at the80scruise.com. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we kick off an entirely too sober season of March Madness. What, what is my drinking got to do with my knowledge about basketball? You can't drink in front of these boys. If I uh, smell even a trace of liquor on your breath, you'll be finished. With me on the bench, wearing a shirt and a tie and ready to run the picket fence, it's Brad in L.A. Now, Spearsy, don't get caught watching the paint dry. <laughs> I, I kind of wish we were doing a show on Hoosiers right now. No, I do too. I watched a little bit of it today and I'm like, oh. I kind of need to watch this. You know, there's like a story somewhere on ESPN.com about all the mistakes, all the impossibilities of that movie. Don't like care. Jimmy Chitlin, like if he made as many shots as they show in the movie, he'd have like 60 points or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to let Hollywood uh, ruin our fun today. I think they called some of them back for offside. Yeah. People f- who were around last year uh, remembered that we started a March Madness tournament. And what did we do last year? Soundtracks? Last year we did songs, movie songs from movies. Songs from movies. Okay, yeah. so I was close. Yeah. You know, this that's what I get for working without a net. So we took sixty four songs. Actually, I think we had like ninety. And- but we did like a regular bracket, then we did an NIT bracket. Right. Because so, there's just so much. Right. So we had sixty four songs. And Brad and I put seeds on them just like you do with the NCAA. And so there was like Purple Rain was a number one seed, and I think maybe Oh, I don't, know. don't you forget about me was the number one seed. Right. And so what we did was we every round we posted them up on the web, on the web and we linked to it from our Facebook page and from the blog and we asked you the listeners of Stuck in the East to go to it and vote on all the matchups. So like something like Purple Rain in the first round might have faced like Who's Johnny, you know, from yeah. Short Circuit or something like that. But as the, and as the Browns get closer and closer to the final four, the matchups get harder and harder. 
So last year, who who won? Was it Don't You Forget About Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an absolute runaway yeah. in the final. Yeah. Who was it? And Purple Rain didn't make the final, did it? I don't think so. I, you know, I guess I should have opened yeah, up an old matter. bracket It doesn't here. matter. I don't it doesn't rem- I know matter. they went into the, the rad four, but they did not make it to the final. It, doesn't, it does not matter. Yeah, the uh, past isn't important here. It's stuck in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all about the future. <laughs> we don't like to look to the past. So this year, we're going to do it again. And we we really struggled. I mean, over the last month, yeah, we have we really scuffled. struggled. We scuffled and scuffled. Like, who? Is, what's, what's the topic going to be? Finally, Brad talked me into this. It's totally on Brad if you don't like this. Yeah, this, this is true. This is a risk. As a sidekick myself, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Right. So we're going to do 80s movie sidekicks. Yeah. Let me just give you a little history on that. We had started down the 80s movie characters path, and we had... A hero's bracket and a villain's bracket and a sidekick's bracket and I think a funny bracket, like a comedy bracket. Funny guy. And I, I looked at this bracket and I'm like, this is, it's going to be Ferris Bueller versus Darth Vader. That's the end. You know, if I can see the final matchup, you know, with no, nothing interesting in between, then I wanted something a little more interesting. Maybe this is a little more obscure. I don't know. We'll find out right. what, what people think of it. But we were able to come up with legitimate 64 sidekicks for this bracket it wasn't like a stretch i didn't think and i think <laughs> it's interesting Dick, we're gonna t- we're gonna go through all the first round matches here in a second but i do want to say there's a couple in here that i don't really consider to be sidekicks i consider them to be kind of co-stars yeah but, but, I, but not yeah. a sidekick but, th- but that's, that's okay that's part of the fun my rule was i had to be able to justify it to myself so. right yeah <laughs> Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way Stuck yeah. in the Age has been forever. It's been, yeah. but it's been me doing that. So that's what we have. We have six, sixty-four sidekicks. Um, some of them are very obvious. Some of them are you're going to be scratching your head trying to remember exactly who they were, and that's yeah. okay. And Just, uh, you know, some of these. The other thing that we didn't do this year is try and divide them into four categories. Like last year, we had the ballads and the. I can't remember again. I can't remember the four categories we had. I do remember we had one. It was just sure. like whatever we could. You know, it's like this is the catch-all. We can't. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So these we didn't try and categorize them. I Steve wanted me to do it. I'll tell you, and I just I couldn't figure out a framework for it that made any yeah. sense. So we just seeded them all one to sixty-four. Right. Well, it's hard to go through ten years of movies and be fair to like. You know the the funny sidekicks are probably going to do better than the horror movie sidekicks and the. There's some in here that are yeah. actually not people. Yeah, there other I mean, there just there are some tropes you can obviously apply. Sure, you know, like there's the guy who basically gets you out of a jam. There's yeah. a guy like you know, like uh, Doctor Watson, who's there so that the main character can explain things to us through him. Sure, you know, yeah. but there just weren't enough of one kind to. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so so as you when you vote, the important thing is you, know, you vote on your own criteria. Yeah. When I when I vote, I'm thinking of, you know. How important was this character to the movie? How how important did this, this character affect the main character? Do I know who the actor is without even having to look it up? You know, do I know some of this per, these person's lines off the top of my head? Like those are things that I think about personally when I vote. But obviously, you vote however you wish. So, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, let's see what we got. Bracket one, first round. Here we go. <laughs> This is pro- this is the odds-on favorite versus the one that no one's going to remember. This is ready? a real battle of the titans here. Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Call me sir, god damn it. Yes, yes, yes sir, yes sir. That's better. Versus... Are the gods an owl? Golden owl. Golden <laughs> owl. 
Bobo the Owl from Clash of the Titans. Yeah, our first non-human entry right there in the first matchup. I gotta love the. I gotta love that you picked Bobo the Owl as one of the possibilities. Well, he does some dirty work. <laughs> he does. I loved. I loved the original Clash of the Titans. By the way, look, everybody knows that thirty-two of these picks are dead in the first round. So <laughs> you know, you pick some interesting ones. So obviously, I think we know which way that one's gonna go. Uh, the second matchup, Cindy. From Commando. Can't believe this macho bullshit. Versus the Frog Brothers from The Lost Boys. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Okay. Winston Zeddemore. If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. From Ghostbusters versus. Don't call me stupid. Otto from A Fish Called Wanda. Interesting. Roger Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Versus Edward Garlic. I'm Private First Class Edward Montesquieu Garlic at your service, sir. From uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. Now, I'm going to guess you maybe think that Murtaugh is more of a main, like a co-lead. No, uh, yeah, you could sort of argue that one. Next one, Sloth from The Goonies. Rocky Road? Versus Mayday from A View to a Kill. Someone will take care of you. The only Bond sidekick to make the list. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Watts. Pretend I'm a girl, okay? From some kind of wonderful versus Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. Somebody's got to nail that girl's fins to the floor. I've made my decision. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Ophelia from Trading Places. By the way, food and rent are not the only things around here that cost money. You sleep on the couch. Versus... Shooter from uh, Hoosiers. In and out. Uh, yeah. Well, I was fouled. That's a that's an interesting matchup. Yeah, that could that could be closer than people think. And finally, the last one in in bracket one, a goose from Top Gun. Defense Department regrets to inform you that your sons are dead because they were stupid. Versus Jack Goodman from American Werewolf in London. I realize I don't look so hot, David. I thought you'd be glad to see me. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. You want to read bracket two? So bracket two, uh, we have Willard from Footloose. You know what it is, partner? You got an attitude problem. Against Victor Prinzum from Cannibal Run. That's <laughs> Dom DeLuise's character. Dun, dun, dun! I am Captain Chaos. See, there, first clue right there, who's probably not going to win that one. Yeah, it's funny because I went back into IMDb to see, like, did they have a last name? Like, should I include that? <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, second matchup is kid versus kid violence here. Billy from Big. That means if the president dies, you get to take over? Against Gertie from E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Don't be pussy, pussy. Uh-huh. Next one is Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. No time to vote, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Very funny. Against Manny Ribera from Scarface. Nice. Just remember last year this time we were in a f***ing cage, okay? I know who wins that fight if it's a fight. <laughs> Here's one of my favorite matchups of the first round. Jerome from Purple Rain. Cool. Want to come get you? Let you know the girl's there. Against Crash Davis from Bull Durham. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? Okay, here's one I'm going to call you out on. I don't think Crash Davis is a sidekick. He is called up to be a sidekick. That is his job. I know. I mean, that's his job in the movie. But yeah. but is he but he's not re well, okay I mean I'm kind of obviously I'm not going to argue I mean he's the lead character well you can argue That's I'm going to push I'm I'm putting my I'm going to lobby strong here for Jerome okay That's you know, fine people, I think Crash uh, Davis is a sidekick People of Earth vote for Jerome 
Okay, go ahead. Moving on. Uh, next one, we, sometimes we have two people that act as one character. Uh, Rosewood and Taggart from Beverly Hills Cop. I'm Sergeant Taggart, and this is my partner, Detective Rosewood. Against Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Call me Bernie. I mean, my father is Mr. Lomax, right? Huh? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, then we have Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. Uh, the only way I couldn't be satisfied if I use my rights over to quickly. Against Styles from Teen Wolf. Look, man, we got some fine new wheels, we got some good tunes, and a total disregard for public safety. <laughs> and then Mark the Rat Ratner from Fast Times. Would you mind if I excuse myself for a moment? Against Flick from A Christmas Story. You're full of beans and so's your old man. Stock, stock, stock. <laughs> And then to round out the bracket, we have Apollo Creed from Rocky Three. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Against Prince Fulton from Flash Gordon. Oh, well, who wants to live forever? <laughs> Prince Fulton is a wingman. Yes, that's true. Literally. But Timothy Dalton was in there, too. That's not Prince Fulton, right? Uh, no, Timothy yeah. Dalton was another character. Actually. Timothy Dalton was another prince. Yeah, yeah. Prince Robin Hood. <laughs> Bracket three. We're going to get through these fast. And remember, you're going to be able to see. You don't have to, you know, don't email in. Go to our online poll. And you just like. Yeah, we'll post the link to the you poll. You click and you vote. It takes two seconds. Uh, Bracket three. A child could do it. <laughs> and hopefully no child will. Uh, Mr. Spock from Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. He's intelligent, but not experienced. This pattern indicates two-dimensional thinking. He's going to be the sentimental favorite, i got to imagine. I'm telling you. Versus Ben Jabatuya? Yeah, sure. From uh, Short Circuit. Oh, my goodness. I am sporting a tremendous Woody. One of the most horrible characters ever. But. Yeah, maybe. Ann Lewis from Robocop. I'm Ann Lewis. Do you have a name? Versus Semi from Coming to America. But where in New York can one find a woman with grace, elegance, taste, and culture? A woman suitable for a king. Mm, that's a good matchup. <laughs> Chewbacca from Empire Strikes Back <laughs> versus Sergeant Al Powell from Die Hard. Maybe not LAPD, but he's definitely a badge. Interesting. Yeah. Charles Delmar from Better Off Dead. Fuck up, little camper. Versus Hooch from Turner and Hooch. <laughs> that, I think, is going to be very close. I think Dog Bites Man there. Ooh, I don't know. I really... I think Charles DeMar from Better Off Dead is like the prototype sidekick. So anyway. And that actor, he's we had three or four of his roles to choose from. Right. We could have picked better. We could have picked uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Could've, yep. We could have picked um, Risky Business, which apparently from the last podcast we don't name check enough. Yeah. That, that's okay, though. Here we go. Continuing on. Jennifer Mack from War Games. You can't do that. Versus Freddie Benson from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Excuse me. May I go to the bathroom first? Uh, my vote is cast. Barf from uh, Spaceballs. I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Versus Jack Putter of Inner Space. I'm possessed. The great Martin Short. Yes. We interviewed him for the podcast. Um, he was a, a consummate professional. He, he was. More so than he needed to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have heard the show, <laughs> yeah, right? A, you can be funny. That's the thing with comedians. They're not funny when you interview but, them. That's just the way it is. We live and we learn. Well, singers don't sing their way through all the interviews. True. Exactly. Uh, Freddie Bauer from Splash, played by the late John Candy. I'm a, I'm a free spirit. I'm extremely liberal. I'm a freewheeling dude. 
versus Bryson Cliff from 16 Candles. Wait a minute, you know, black and white, it would just capture the moment so nicely. When, oh. oh. The obligatory John Cusack. I think that Freddie Bauer could go deep in this. Really? Bracket. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that character is so fun. It is. They printed my letter. <laughs> and the last one, Salah from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Better than the United States Marines, eh? Versus Hollywood from Mannequin. I am so glad you're working here. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. Also dead. Bad dates. <laughs> it wasn't from bad dates, but he is dead. Uh, you ready for bracket four? You go ahead and read yeah, it. Yeah, let me give you bracket four. So bracket four opens up with another top seed here with Ducky from Pretty in Pink. This is a really volcanic ensemble you're wearing. It's really marvelous. Uh, versus Peyton Nichols from Zapped. Uh, Miss Updike, I'm afraid we're going to have to reshoot your senior edition pictures. The first group didn't come out. No one's going to know who Peyton Nichols is. Well, you and I will because we both just watched this horrible Willie, movie. Willie recently. Ames. Oh it's Willie God. Ames. It's... I watched it just the other night. It's it does not hold up, but I do not care. Yeah, and it's like ninety minutes long. So All right, you know, just let it be. Make yourself a drink and watch it. Sure, it actually, is it's it won't it won't do you anything. Scatman Crothers is in it. Yeah. Come on, yeah, it's really. I mean, if you if you didn't see it in the eighties, it's I, just dumb. I guarantee you will not like it today. I mean, it is. Yeah, I read something it, the other day though. I mean, not to get off t- topic, but since we're never going to do an entire never, show, that never happens. We're never going to do an entire show and zapped. But I was reading Scott Bayo um, did an interview recently, and he said, or I guess what he had said at one point was, when people meet him, more often than not, what they ask him about first is zapped. Really? That's the thing That's he gets active, asked about the most. And he says, you know, he loved doing it. It was a real funny project. Everyone on the set was great. So he has nothing but fond memories of it. So that, there you go. No one asks about Joni anymore, huh? <laughs> I guess not. Go ahead, go ahead and fit. Moving on. Yeah, please move Moving on. on. <laughs> so next up is Jim Malone from The Untouchables. If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Against Chris Chambers from Stand By Me. Hey, how do you know a Frenchman's been in your backyard? Here's another kind of marquee matchup here. Billy Blajowski. Blajowski. Blajowski? Billy Blaze. Billy Blaze from Night Shift. What are we really talking about here? What's the essence of what we're talking about? Against Reggie Hammond from 48 Hours. Well, look, Hoss. You start running a respectable business, and I won't have to come in here and hassle you every night. You know what I mean? That's going to be a tough one. I think Reggie pulls it out, but I don't know that he deserves to. Yeah. Love brokers. (laughs) Corn dogs. Okay, next up we got Dr. Emmett Brown. The way I see it. If you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? From Back to the Future against Derek Lutz from Back to School. See, it's this whole stupid capitalist system, you know? I mean, it's set up to keep rewards and the advantage and the aggressive. And just, like, to make sure that, like, two regular schmoes like you and me never get a date with girls like Valerie Desmond. That could be interesting. I, I, it's the back-to-back battle. I think and I think it could, uh, it could be a situation where it goes, that's pretty close, I think. If people remember, Derek Lutz, Robert Downey Jr., yeah, you know, he believes that violent ground acquisition games are a crypto-fascist metaphor for nuclear war. Yes, he does. Uh, moving along, Doug Coughlin from Cocktail. Coughlin's Law. Anything else is always something better. Against Charlie Babbitt from Rain Man. You act weird, we don't get in. I want you to look normal. As normal as possible, all right? Okay. Cooch from Vision Quest. You kicked the holy living shit out of me today, Swain. Versus Private Hudson from Aliens. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, this ain't happening, man. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. 
Terrence Mann from Field of Dreams. I was the East Coast distributor of involved. Versus Valeria from Conan the Barbarian. Do you want to live forever? We have to have one scantily clad female warrior on the list or we get fined by the Fantasy Fiction Association writers. And the last matchup is Hobson from Arthur. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. Versus Norberg from The Naked Gun. No, heroin, heroin, Frank. I, I think I think Hobson. Some of these movies, have, it's been a long time since people saw them on cable, and, yeah. and I think that's going to hurt them in this case. And Arthur is not a movie you see a lot anymore. No, I haven't seen that on TV in a long time. I don't think he's going to fare as well as he should. Doug Coughlin from uh, Cocktail. From Cocktail. I love that character. Yeah, you fought hard to keep him on the list. Beers for breakfast. Drink or be gone. Coughlin's Law. I love love that character. Um, But it's, you know, Charlie Babbitt. Yeah. Tough one. I don't know. I don't know. And on the, you know, with the... With the Hobson thing, are people going to vote for O.J. Simpson? I don't know. Yeah. See, I think Hobson takes this one in a route. If people I remember so who too. it is, people are going to be like, Hobson? Luckily, the internet is here to help us all remember these yes, things. Yes, yes. So please vote early and vote often. Uh, you know what else I'd like to vote for right now? The Seggies. <laughs> Ah, the Miscore frame that is Reader Mailbag. We have two letters this week. I'm excited about them both. Go ahead, Bradley. Okay, here we go. This first letter is from Bryant Spears. Spears? Spears. That's what the man said. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. Hey, Steve, Brad, and crew. I have the last name of Spears as well, Steve, but I don't think we are related. But what we both definitely have in common is we are both hopelessly stuck in the 80s. I am 38 and was just a lad back then. My greatest memories were from that time, and for me, the music, movies, and life in general were so much better back then. I'm writing you to say I've been following you for about a year, and have listened to hundreds of shows, but have yet to hear any mention of some of my favorite movies, which include The Heavenly Kid, The Monster Squad, North Shore, Fandango, Rad, is that a BMX bike movie? I don't know. I think so. And Michael J. Fox's silver screen debut, Midnight Madness, about teams of college kids going on the great all-nighter scavenger hunt with the likes of David Naughton, Stephen First, and the great Paul Rubens. I watched this movie in brainwash rotation as a kid. (laughs) That's a great term. (laughs) And it stuck with me all these years. I still try to watch it at least once a year. Please give some love to some of these movies. When you do, I promise you will see me smiling on the other end. Until then, I will be right here in my 80s decorated basement that my kids make fun of, watching my 80s movies and listening to my 80s music because I am hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Bryant Spears in Northern Virginia. Um, well, I can tell you, yeah, we're definitely not related. There are... Yeah. The Spears family is um, growing old and is going to die here in Florida. Oh, I am the last. You're the last of your line. I am. So, and since I have not bred, it, it, just like just like in the movie Last of the Mohicans, my bloodline dies here. Oh, uh, my sister has kids though, so for what that's worth. Right. Anyway, um, there you go. To go back to his movie list, um, get off that dark moment for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have one everywhere. Yeah. Every needs one. Way to go, Spearsy. Cheer us all up. All right, Bloodline dies here. You get that on a t-shirt and send it to me. Done. North Shore. I love North Shore. Uh, the surfing movie from the kid from 
kid from Arizona. He wins a surfing contest. It's basically held in a, a wave tank and the prize is a trip to Hawaii. Um, so he goes to Hawaii to, to the do, 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 North shore. And it's not a bad movie. I like it a lot. Really? Um, yeah. I probably, it's, I think it might be on Netflix. It was at one point or it might be on Hulu, but, um, it's, I mean, there's oh, nothing okay. particularly, um, overly eighties about it, but it's cause it's late eighties. I think it's 80, somewhere between 87 and 90, but it's, it's, yeah. it's good. So, and heavenly kid is another, I love heavenly kid. I, I mean, it's kind of hokey, but in a good way. I don't, gosh, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's set in the 50s, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's nothing, you know, you don't cling to it, per se. You don't go, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's just like the Fonzie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fonzie is an angel. Right. Yeah. I believe that was the exact pitch. That's the elevator pitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too close to Hollywood. I reduce every movie to an elevator pitch. It's like Die Hard, but it's in a building. <laughs> um. I mean, Rad. I think I think that I think you're right about I that. Think, like, I think that is a BMX movie, huh? And Midnight Madness. I've heard of. I've never seen it. I don't think I've even heard, heard of, of it. That's that's really? kind of odd. Uh, I mean, yeah. anything's possible. I, and I love the term brainwash rotation. Yeah. Like, was there a movie in the early '80s that you would say was like something that you just watched every night? You know, when it was on Cinemax at seven thirty or whatever. Oh, I, the the one I remember the most was Blame It on Rio. Okay. But only because it came on like at ten o'clock every night. Yeah, and, and it was your boobies. chance for boobies. <laughs> yeah, so I remember Flash Gordon. I, I think I watched Flash Gordon about ten thousand times. Yes, that's going to. Uh, we have another letter. We do. We have a second letter. This letter is from Ed Nelson of the famous couple of Ed and Julie Nelson. Brad, go ahead and take it away. Here we go. So Ed writes, "Hi guys, I was disappointed, but not surprised. Wait, so we let you down, but we." You, you weren't surprised we let you down? You expected to be let down by us. Uh, I guess with Stuck in the 80s, that's probably a safe place to start. My favorite band cameo didn't make the list of band cameos in 80s movies, the topic of the last podcast. While not as memorable as most, my pick holds a special place in my heart. Flashback to 1985. Done. <laughs> place, a small rural town in Northern California. A metalhead high school senior who sticks out like a sore thumb when a major portion of his high school class wears cowboy hats asks a pretty freshman out on a date. Are, are you, you got this, Spearsy? Oh, yeah, I'm there. You picturing it? It's right there. It's in the lockers. You know, she's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? She says yes, and they go to literally the only place open after dark, the local one-screen movie theater. Ed, I'm, I'm telling you, I live this. This is fantastic. I can picture the scene. The romantic movie playing that week, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do you want to go to the movies? The next question wasn't what's showing. It was like, okay, because whatever's showing is what it is. I didn't hate the movie, but was floored during the movie to see the band Twisted Sister make a cameo during the studio backlot chase scene. Even better was they were supposed to be filming a music video while playing the very heavy song, Burn in Hell instead of one of their more pop metal hits. Metalhead nerdgasm! <laughs> Apparently, the first date was a success, as the pretty freshman, future va-va-voom Julie Nelson, became my wife just a few years later. Still stuck in the 80s, Ed Nelson, who now lives in a different small rural town in Northern California, but is still the biggest 80s metalhead in the state. Oh, that's a great story. 
That is a great story. And Ed, in my defense, I know I had that on my list. Yeah. I, I mean, know I had that on my list. It's just it's such a small... Right. It, it, I remember when we did the research that I knew that that was one of the options and we just kind of said, no. And I feel bad about that now. I still, I still keep going back to this. I'm disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like every woman in my life has said that to me. <laughs> it's like, it's like we're being a, we've been called in front of the vice principal for podcasting. <laughs> Boys, I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised to see you here. Oh, that's great. As always, um, send your emails to sit80s at gmail.com or steve in the 80s at gmail.com or brad in the 80s at gmail.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the shtick here. We're going to play a clip of a movie from the 80s, and if you get it right, you get entered into the drawing, drawing. Can't speak today because I have drawing, darling, because I haven't had any whiskey, but I will soon uh, for the Stuck in the A's bottle opener. Woo! So those are always fun. Pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. I'm going through a period of my life where I just can't be around people. Yes, that's Max von Sydow in Hannah and Her Sisters. I knew it was Max von Sydow, but I could not figure out what movie it was from. Yeah. Oh, man. I, w- I don't have that. You know, I surprisingly lack of Woody Allen movies in the 80s. I probably own seven or eight Woody Allen movies. None in the 80s. Really? Yeah, go figure. That's that's very contrarian of you. It is very contrarian. I, I, I don't think people understand that, yes, I am stuck in the 80s, but yes, but I have a... You have interests outside the decade? <laughs> yeah. I do not still I wear... a little in the 70s. I do not wear a bathrobe to work. I, you know, I don't wear navy corduroys anymore. <laughs> I didn't like them then, to be honest. Um, make that fun whoop, whoop, whoop noise. Whoop, whoop. I don't wear uh, staff can hear you coming anymore, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Brad, read some of the winners. Winners include Dr. Dim, Murick and Tom in Austria, James in Indy, and Stony Stitt, who writes, Brad, surely you did not forget Devo's cameo in Heavy Metal, at least a mention from you knowing your ardent liking of them. Wait, ardent liking? That's understating it a little. Anyway, moving on. He also says, I must say, the most underrated band of the 80s could have also been given a nod, that being Kid Creole and the Coconuts in Against All Odds. <laughs> I thought it was Captain <laughs> Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. Yeah, that's not in the I 80s. Should have been. So the thing about Devo and Heavy Metal is, number one, they're animated. They don't look anything like Devo. And number two, you're totally distracted by this, again, you know, this fantasy... A warrior babe wearing a, a thong and a bikini, killing people with the giant sword. So you know, yeah, there's a lot going on in that scene other than Devo. <laughs> cool. Hey, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Ah, oh, Matisse, what a lovely dog you are! Such a pretty dog. If you know it, email us at sit80s. Do I really have to go through this again? You know the email addresses. Just right. Fire away. Just right. <laughs> Ah, the traditional mystical refrain, as opposed to the other mystical refrains of name that 80s tune. Is it uh, true you're starting a cult, Steve? Yes. I wish I could. I guess this is sort of a weird cult. Yeah, stuck a in the 80s thing? I don't know. Maybe. Not legally. No, we're, we're not tax-exempt yet. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great, though, wouldn't it? Oh, my god! Well, we'd have to make money to be tax-exempt. So. Well, you know, that's true. So anyway, um, you know the drill. Once again, we will play a snippet of a song this time from the 80s. 
you get it right, we throw you into the drawing for the uh, bottle opener. We'll award one here shortly. But pay attention first. Here's the song from last week. I loved you then as so I loved you still. Though I put you on a bed, it's too late put you on the pill. That's Billy Bragg's A New England. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for a new England. I'm just looking for another girl. That, uh, that was driving me crazy. That's Sometimes you do, you know, Steve Pixies. I don't usually know what they're going to be. And this one, it just just almost, you know, it's reaching into my brain. Like, like I know this, I know this. And then the clip ends, you're like, oh, it's gone. It just yeah. evaporates like the dew in the morning. Well, it was on uh, First Wave on the drive home that night. That's a good choice. It's a great song. It's I haven't a heard great it forever. song. Oh, my God. Christy McCall uh, recorded a cover in the 80s as well. Yeah. So if you if you guessed her name instead of Billy Bragg, um, you still win. So Aww. name some of the wieners. Our wieners include Bryant Spears, no relation, Peter Ryan, who says he just saw Billy Bragg in concert a couple weeks ago in Montreal. That's cool. Alex Sticks Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico. Kevin Winch, Rob Jones in Croydon, the UK, DJ from Clinton, I wonder, Clinton, Clinton, New Jersey, Clinton, Oklahoma, Anders in Uppsala, Sweden, Charles Kraus, Rob still shoveling snow, Stroh, and Kurt in Dirty Jersey, who writes, one fun cameo you guys missed, knowing your love of hair metal, was White Lion in the Money Pit. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't either. Huh. Mainly, I remember the maniacal laughter. That's the best part. And the fact that the woman plays viola, which is about as random as it gets. Yeah. I, still not one of my favorite movies. Never could wrap my brain around it. Uh, go ahead and spin the wheel. Let's see who won the uh, battle. Here we go. Here we go. Aha! The winner is Rob Still Shoveling Snow Stroh. Very nice. We'll get that to you as soon as it all melts out. Yeah, send us the uh, mailing address first. But in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at sitas at gmail.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Cruise back to the 80s on the first ever 80s cruise. That's right, seven days in the most radical party to ever hit the high seas with a totally awesome lineup of artists that define the sound of the decade. Join Huey Lewis in the News, Richard Marks, Starship, Cool and the Gang, A Flock of Seagulls, Modern English, Naked Eyes, Tiffany, Wang Chung, and Jesse's Girl, the ultimate 80s party band, and the original MTV VJs, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter. As we cruise to exotic ports of core like Grand Turk, San Juan, St. Thomas, and the private island of Half Moon Key, don't forget to pack your best 80s looks because we're having a prom night, a movie costume party, pajama party, and neon beach party. You can't miss this. Sailing from February 28th through March 6th, 2016. For more information, log on to the80scruise.com or call 844-384-8080. We are assembled here today to pay final respects to our honored dead. And yet it should be noted that in the midst of our sorrow, this death takes place in the shadow of new life. <laughs> 
the sunrise of a new world, a world that our beloved comrade gave his life to protect and nourish. He did not feel this sacrifice a vain or empty one, and we will not debate his profound wisdom at these proceedings. Of my friend, I can only say this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Others? back and we just have a couple minutes left here today but uh, Steve and I both wanted to say something about uh, the passing of an icon, Leonard Nimoy who died of complications of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease just last week on February 27th I think he will be best remembered as the loyal but often puzzled by his crewmates uh, Spock but there was a lot more to Nimoy than just his portrayal as uh, television's greatest half alien Among so many other things, he was the first Star Trek cast member to direct a Star Trek motion picture. He directed The Search for Himself. (laughs) That was actually his motion picture debut. He'd done some TV work. And he also directed uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which I watched last weekend. All of those movies are on Netflix right now on streaming. And the last big film he did in the 80s period was Three Men and a Baby, which I'd forgotten he directed. Uh, it was, that's the biggest grossing film of 1987 and was also a movie I've never seen. You've never seen it? Never seen it. Huh. Later, he said he enjoyed directing. He enjoyed it while he was doing it, but he didn't really have any interest in, in doing any more of it. The other thing that I think people maybe don't know or forget about Nimoy was he was such a student of the arts. Uh, he studied photography at UCLA and was pretty serious about it after his acting work kind of dried up a little bit in the 70s. He wrote poetry. He he sang, <laughs> sometimes to better effect than other times, but he was obviously willing to put it out there. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize till today that he sang a version of Johnny Cash's uh, I Walked the Line. <laughs> yeah, all I can say to that is it was a different time. Yeah, it know? was. That's what people did back then. I don't think just, people t- don't understand that. I mean, you just don't do that anymore. But back then you did. And um, yeah. if you were an actor, you cut an album. You just did. Yeah, he was approached, like, would you be interested in appearing on this? Would you be interested in singing on this? And he was just like, heck yeah, of course I'm interested. Let's do this thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the legend of Bilbo Baggins is probably the one he's most associated with. But, I mean, there was other tunes, you know? Yeah. I remember when I found out about it. God, who did you text me as usual or did somebody else? Yeah, I messaged you. Oh, I, I'm like the Grim Reaper of the eighties. Whenever my um, if I'm, I, I go to sleep ridiculously early sometimes. Um, I think this was during the day. I think. Oh, well, then it would have really you been might ridiculous. Have been asleep. I don't know. <laughs> really ridiculous. No, it was during the day because it was a Friday. I remember, and um, I think I'd already blogged five times that day. 
I'm like, yeah. oh, good. I don't, have to glad, I don't have to blag anymore today. And then you're like, uh, Spock died. And I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. I'm like, this is – and as fate would have it, I don't think TV stations switched their programming. They could have switched it that quickly. But that night when I got home, the Star Trek reboot movie was on one oh, of the really? channels. I think it might have been on Sci-Fi or FX or something like that. Well, the cable channels could have could have flipped it. If they had the rights to it, they could have put it up quickly. Yeah. And they probably would have. But there was. And I, I enjoyed it watching him, the, the old version of Spock. Against yeah, the younger actors, that's, that's a great. It's that a, just great. Such a good movie. So good. But um, yeah, he obviously. It's funny when you when you think about the most memorable characters of Star Trek, both the original series and the Next Generation. The characters that I think are probably beloved the most are the ones who are the least human. It's Spock and it's Data. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's interesting, you know, Nimoy's. Two autobiographies are famously titled I Am Not Spock and then I Am Spock. <laughs> so he obviously had some conflicts with you know being the character and separating the man from the character, which is kind of the conversation I've had a couple times around here, uh, around the eulogy that we've been hearing a lot from Captain Kirk and at the end of Wrath of Khan. I'm like, that's a, those are beautiful words, but you're eulogizing the character. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can to a certain extent apply them to the man, but you know, he was more than that. Sure, I think. I mean, uh, William Shatner caught some grief because he was in, he had a big charity event here in Florida, the night before, yeah, uh, the funeral, and so he was in Florida for it was for the Red Cross, and he couldn't get back to New York, uh, back to L.A. in time for the funeral, and I think it was the New York Post called him Captain Jerk. Yeah, he caught, definitely caught some grief for that. So the next day he went on to Twitter, and I just happened to be on at the same time, and he was doing sort of like a memorial thing for, for Leonard and just taking questions from people who were you know, tweeting him. And, and you know he, he said a lot of things, you know, like he learned to be more serious from Leonard, and, and, he, and he thinks Leonard learned to enjoy th- – enjoy being humorous a little bit more from him. So yeah. it's definitely they were a, obviously a good team. Right. A symbiotic relationship yeah. for sure. And yeah. and there'll always be I mean the love that's been poured out for him is just it's really impressive, but but more importantly it's well earned. I don't know if you saw this. Uh Nimoy's final post on Twitter was a, a life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. Live long and prosper. And I got to tell you, when I saw that, I lost my shit. I mean, that's those are the words of a man who knows the end is upon him. Yeah. And he was real adamant, too, that people realized that he felt like his disease came from smoking and he did not want people to smoke. Yeah. And his final gift to us, Steve, his final gift was getting that stupid what color is the dress thing off the front page of the Internet. Oh, God, yes. Leonard, Thank we, you, Leonard. We will never Thank forget you. you for that. Um, Thank you. We'll end uh, Stuck in the way it should be ended in this occasion. Stay tuned because March Madness has begun. We'll be podcasting more often because we are hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Space. The final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Their ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds. 
to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. Email us at one of the email emails. Email 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 email. email.